You are listening to the Hope Church Weekly Message Podcast. Hope Church is located in Cleveland, Texas and meets on Sundays. Pastor Todd and the preaching team desire for this message to bring life in a dark world. For more information about Hope Church, visit HopeChurchCleveland.com. So here we go. We are continuing on. I am. I am. We're in week five. Now, kind of let you behind the scenes a little bit. Uh, one thing I love to do is I love to, to go away and, and write these sermons. Uh, and in fact, this sermon that I'm preaching today, I actually wrote in January. Uh, and now I, to be, let you behind the veil completely, just so you can hold me accountable. I haven't been going away enough because we've been doing a building project. Have you noticed things look a little different around here? If you, if you haven't noticed, you need to come to church more often. Uh, and so I, I need to, I'm due for another one, but this one was written, uh, in January and I planned on starting the sermon series with this one. And so I had a great intro, but here's the problem. Things got shifted around and I wanted to do this one on a first Sunday when we had communion. And so now it's number five in the series and I have a great intro. Okay. So let's rewind. And how about I give you my great intro? You ready? Okay. So in this series, we're looking at the I am statements of Jesus. And so if you're a biblical scholar, you know where the I am statements come from. You can find it in Exodus chapter three, verse 13. Uh, It's Moses talking to God and Moses protested. If I go to the people of Israel and tell them the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, they will ask me, what is his name? Then what should I tell them? God replied to Moses, I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me. So the literal name of God is I am who I am. If you take that down and, and to the, to the, the actual text that's it's written in Hebrew, it is said Yahweh. So the actual literal name of God is Yahweh. Now, if you know, uh, Hebrew is only written with consonants. There are no vowels written in the language, but they are implied. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a, a little tidbit today. Now, this is not to make you mad at me. I just want you to be good biblical scholars, right? You want to be a good biblical scholar today? God's name is Yahweh, not Jehovah. Jehovah is actually an incorrect usage of the vowels in the name Yahweh. Now, I'm not going to shoot you if you use the name Jehovah. I know we've used it a lot through church history, but it is, it is an incorrect usage of the vowels. The correct way to use the vowels is Yahweh. And so that is the name of God. And you see, anytime that you see in your English translation, if you see God in all capital letters, G-O-D, what the writers are saying to you is that is the name of God, Yahweh. In fact, when the scribes would, would, would copy the scrolls to pass down, when they'd get to God's name, they would clean their pen, write his name, and then clean it again. Why? In reverence for the name of God. The name of God had power to them. And so when Jesus is saying, I am, to the Hebrew audience, he's saying the name of God. He's saying, I am God, but I'm also these. 
And so as we walk through this series in seven, in these seven I am statements, and this is the fifth one today, Jesus is saying literally to us that he is God. And if we know anything about theology, we know that Jesus was fully God and fully man. That's the only way that he could walk this earth and live a perfect life. The reason you can't live a perfect life is you're not God. Praise the Lord. But Jesus was fully God and fully man. And he went to the cross and died for us. So today we're looking at Jesus telling us that he is the bread of life. So if you have your Bibles, go to John chapter six, verse 35. If you'd like to follow along, you can open your church center app and hit sermon notes. They've got my notes there for you to follow along with. uh, And they do a great job with that. So John chapter six, verse 35, he said, Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, but whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. So today, what I want to look at is what do we find in the bread of life? And if you're taking notes, that's the title of my message today. What do we find in the bread of life? I think Jesus is implying three specific things in this scripture. Now remember, if we're, if we're going to be accurate uh, orators of the scripture, we have to draw out what the scripture is saying and not put what our opinions on the scripture. And so today, what do we find in the bread of life? Number one, in the bread of life, we find rest. We find rest. It's found in Matthew eleven, twenty-eight and 30. Jesus said to them, come to me, all of you who are weary and have heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Anybody need that rest this morning? Yeah. Amen. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle in heart. What is that? Got it. Everybody look, turn it off, then we'll focus. All right, everybody look at me. You ready? (laughs) Things happen, things go off, all good. Ready to focus? Okay, I'll read it again because I got distracted. Come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens and are often distracted by things that happen in service and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your soul for my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. Notice what this is saying. If you are carrying a heavy burden in your life, it's not from God. Anything heavy that we are carrying is either something that we are putting on ourselves that is not ours to carry Or it's the devil heaping something on us that's not ours to take as well. God has not designed us to carry all of the worry in the world on our shoulders. We are supposed to put everything on him and allow him to work on our behalf. Something I've said before, and I'll probably say it a thousand times. While you were asleep last night, the earth rotated at just the right speed to give the gravity that you need to hold you onto your bed so you don't float off of it. Your heart pumped the blood to run through your body at just the right pace for you. You breathed, you're even breathing now, 
You weren't thinking about it, but now you are. You were breathing at just the right pace to sustain your life. The earth was positioned at just the right distance from the sun to be just the right temperature for us. In a few months, we won't feel that it's just the right temperature for us, but it's just right to sustain us for now. God created plants to filter out the carbon dioxide. Why? So that we can have oxygen because oxygen is exactly what we need to live. This earth is covered mostly with the sustaining water that we need to live this life. And you know what? God took care of all of this and didn't consult with you. So you know what that tells me? He can do it all without me worrying about it. Now, this is very hard for me. I like to be in control. Any control freaks in the house? They have no problem raising their hand. Look at them. I didn't even ra- ask them to raise their hand. They're just like, well, I'm here. Me, control freak right now. Like the control freaks, when, when, that, when that thing went off, it's like, we're ready. It's an emergency. Let's go, right? And it's hard for us to not be in control. But guys, oftentimes what I've found in my life is if I get ahead of God, God is kind of my shield. He's my fortress. If I get ahead of God, the fiery darts that the Lord shields for me, I often take myself because I'm getting ahead of his blessings in my life. And oftentimes I make things even harder on myself because I'm worried about things that aren't mine to worry. Sometimes we're just supposed to allow God to work. Now, we can't go the opposite way. You know, with type A people, you don't have to tell us not to work, but there's some people out there that you can't just pray about everything and not do the work. We can't go the other way because sometimes we pray so much, we're like, God, bring someone into my life that I can invite to church. No, you actually have to leave your house and get around people, right? They're not just going to randomly, you know, not, I mean, I guess you could try to save every DoorDash person that comes to the door. (laughs) But in my experience, DoorDash people are, they're not all about that social interaction. Like when they come to my house, I'm like, hey, how are you? Having a good day? And they're like, why are you talking to me? I'm like, I'm a social person. Apparently you're not. You chose a job where you're driving around in your car. It's fine. Um, And so ultimately, when we take burdens on our shoulders that are not ours to carry, it steals our joy. Guys, the burdens of this life are not ours to carry alone. We are called to cast our burdens on the Lord. And in Jesus, we find rest. In the bread of life, we find rest. So what do we find in the bread of life? Number one, rest. Number two, we find everlasting life. Everlasting life. I've I've mentioned this uh, a lot in the last few of the I am statements, so I'm not gonna hammer it very much, but in John 6, 51, it says, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will live forever, and this bread, which I will offer so the world may live, is my flesh. Now notice, this is John 6. This is early on in the walk of Jesus. This is before he goes and has communion with his disciples before he is taken to the cross. 
So even before he, he, he shows them, this is my broken body that was broken for you. Take this in remembrance of me. He is teaching them here that this is my bread. This is my life, which if you will take it, you will live forever. Guys, this reminds me of communion. That's why we take communion. Here at Hope Church, we take it once a month. The first Sunday of the month, we give the first Sunday to the Lord in communion. We are taking the broken body of Jesus and the shed blood of Jesus to remind us in the brokenness of his body takes the brokenness out of our lives. And his shed blood washes our sins as white as snow. And that's what communion is. And the Bible tells us every time that you take this, take this in remembrance of me. Remembering the sacrifice that he made for us. Remembering that this is what God has called us to do. Guys, do you live a life that is worthy of that sacrifice? I've said it in this series before. It's been kind of an underlying theme. But Jesus made a sacrifice for us. Are you living a life that is worthy of his sacrifice for us? So in the bread of life, we find number one, rest. Number two, everlasting life. And number three, an outpouring of his spirit. I want to jump back to the I am statement. Jump back to John 635. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. What does that remind you of? Reminds me of Jesus' conversation with the woman of the well in John 4. It says, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Again, we see the echoes of the Old Testament promises in the days of God's salvation with the joy of God's people. He will draw the water from the well. The pouring out of God's spirit will be like a pouring of water on a thirsty land. Guys, do we live in a thirsty land that needs the outpouring of God's spirit right now? Guys, I know there's, there's a lot of conversation about what we should do, how things should be. You know, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of turmoil in this world right now. But you know what it is? It's this land thirsting for an outpouring of the Spirit of God upon it. You know, oftentimes we think we need, to, we need to debate with people and we need to argue with people. But you know what? We just need God's Spirit to be poured out upon them. God, guys, it is our prayer for you that every time that you walk into this room, that you would feel the presence of God. We don't want you to be, we don't want you to be dazzled by an amazing worship team. We don't want you to be, to, to laugh and, and, and be, be uh, moved by a sermon. We want you to have an experience with the Holy Spirit. Our hope is that we don't do anything to draw away from your experience with him. Did you know that at nine o'clock every Sunday morning, a group of our leadership meet in this room and they pray for you. They may have never met you, but you know what they're praying for? 
They're praying that you would have a fresh experience with God every Sunday morning. We're not praying that we would have an amazing worship set. We're not praying that the sermon will somehow suddenly be good. We're not praying for that. We're praying that you would experience God. Because what fixes everything that we experience in this world is a movement of the Holy Spirit. But listen, guys, God wants you to have less control so that he can have more control. You ever heard the old saying, we need less of me and more of him? The same is true in the church setting. Oftentimes we're looking for a church that has this kind of music. Oftentimes we're looking for a a preacher that's engaging or funny, but you know what we really need in church? An experience with God. And good worship music, great preaching, it'll keep you for a little bit. But the only thing that's going to be lasting in a church is a fresh move of the Holy Spirit. And guys, our hope, our prayer is that God moves fresh in your heart every Sunday morning. And that carries you throughout your week. Guys, this week, actually Friday night, the leadership of Hope Church, we met and had a prayer night. And I'm here to tell you, God showed up and moved in some awesome ways. But do you know why God showed up? God showed up because the leadership showed up expecting the Lord to show up. Oftentimes, we're just rolling into the church parking lot sideways, hobbling in because our kids don't know how to act on Sunday morning. Right, Isaiah? (laughs) Just going, I'm here. This is all I got. Do you think it would change our church experience if we showed up expecting the Holy Spirit to do something in our lives? Absolutely it would. But you know, the devil does everything that he can to keep you out of this place. Because he knows this is the place that you experience life change. Guys, things happen on Saturday night. Oftentimes we get, we get the, the, the invite to go out and do things on Saturday night and then we got to show up. Then sometimes when we wake up on Sunday morning, we're like, oh, I'm so tired. Well, you know what? If you can't get your booty up on Sunday morning, maybe you don't need to be going out on Saturday night. Because I've driven at 2 and 3 a.m. to get here to be with you on a Sunday morning. And I, and I even did that before I was a preacher. And so... There is very rare times that I'm not in this place. And you know what? God shows up every time I'm here. So let me encourage you. Everything in your life will come against you being in this place. But if you are intentional, you will be here every week. Now, yes, I know we, it's summer. We go on vacation. I get it. I understand. We all need our rest. We all need our vacation. I take it from time to time. But you don't take vacation for church from six months. We have to be intentional about being in this place because this is where Jesus truly moves. Now, yes, I know. Yes, God moves when it's just me and him, but there's something different about being gathered with the body of believers. You know, tonight, tonight kicks off our, what we call lead conference. It's the, it's the meeting of our North Texas Assembly of God churches. 
And you know what? I'm expecting tonight to go and worship with about 800 pastors from all over our North Texas uh, region. And you know what? God's going to show up in that place. You know why he's going to show up? Because there's a bunch of pastors showing up to meet God in that place. Amen? Amen. And so what I want to encourage us is, yes, God is going to pour out his spirit upon us. But we need to start showing up expecting him to do it. And when we expect him to do it, it's going to be a whole lot easier. You know, the worship team's not going to have to push us so hard when we show up expecting for the Lord to move. So what are our transformational moments today? I know I've messed you up. I know it's the first Sunday. I know everybody's like, we're supposed to have already done communion at this point. What are you doing? You're messing me, messing me up, Pastor. Just chill out, okay? We'll be all right. I know somebody probably sat in your seat today. I know that's messing me up too. Uh, it, it's gonna be okay, all right? Number one, do you need to put your trust in God? I think oftentimes our trust is in me. I often tell myself, my trust needs to be in G-O-D, not in T-O-D-D. Your name may be a little bit longer, might be shorter, I don't know. Our trust needs to be in him. But oftentimes we spend so much time putting our trust in our own abilities, putting our trust in other people, putting our trust in our job, putting our trust in our finances, put our trust in this, 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 this. All of those other things will fail you, but he will never fail you. Rest in him, trust in him, and only in him will you find rest. Number two, do you want to thank, or, whoa, they jumped. Do you want a fresh outpouring of his spirit? Do you want a fresh outpouring of his spirit? You know, sometimes we get stagnant. God didn't create us just to keep receiving, okay? But we've created a church culture in which we just love receiving. Now, I'm saying church culture as a whole. When worship music is the popular Christian music, we have created a culture that is all about take. Take, fill me up, fill me up, fill me up. Well, you know what? At some point, you get so filled up that you start becoming stagnant. God wants us to pour ourselves out so that he can pour more into us. And so sometimes we just need to let some things go and make some room so that he can pour more of his spirit into us. And guys, I know it's so much easier to do it ourselves it's so much easier to have control. It's so much easier to just say, this is the way things should be. But what if God showed up in your life and interrupted you today? What if God just said, I want you to sit in my altar and I want you to pray and I want you to worship me until I say I'm done. Even if we don't beat the Baptist to cotton patch today, which it's noon, we've already missed it. What if we weren't in a hurry? And literally, this is our last service today. Pastor Mo will play for you till five o'clock. I gotta be somewhere, but she'll play for you to, to, <laughs> till five o'clock. But will we be okay with that? 
Lastly, can we thank him for his sacrifice today? I'm going to ask the ushers to pull our communion here to the, the end of each row. Carlos, will you grab it? Will you grab that one? Thank you. Just They're going to put these tables right here at the end of those rows. Yeah, right there's good. Yeah, right there's good. Now there's one that has the elements in it. See, budget cuts. Uh, there's one that has the elements in it. It has the bread. It's, it's, it's a package. It has the bread on top and the juice below. And there's, there's an empty one there. Here's what I want us to do. I don't want us to get in a hurry. The scripture tells us, in fact, it says us not to rush to the table of the Lord. It says to prepare our hearts, to be ready. And so the altars are going to be open. Sounds like you had a good worship service and you're already ready to go. I was in Hope Connect with some of our prospective members. So what I'm going to do is pray for you and I'm going to head back there and Pastor Mo will close us out and all that. But sounds like you don't need me to have a fresh move of the Holy Spirit. So here's what I want to encourage you to do today. Take some time. Spend some time in the altar. Then take communion. You don't have to rush. We're not in a hurry today. But oftentimes when we rush to the table, we don't address those things in our heart that God is speaking to us today. I don't know what's brought you in here today. I don't know what you're going through. But God wants to speak to you before we remember the sacrifice that he made for us. So just a moment, I'm going to pray for us. Then I'm not going to give you any more instruction after that. You could stand, you could kneel, you could come to the altar and kneel before him. And when you're ready, only when you're ready, only when he's ready, take the elements and thank him for his sacrifice for us. Let's pray.